Welcome to the Quantum Feedback Podcast. My name's Tino Beth, and this is episode number 20. Welcome to the Quantum Feedback Podcast, where together we'll explore the bridge between science and spirituality, translate the messages of the divine, and play the infinite game to live, love, and learn life lessons. I'm your host, Tino Beth. Let's dial in to quantum feedback. Welcome to the show. On today's show, we're going to be talking to someone who is in the depths of the unknown, who is in the relationship with the divine, and who is documenting his journey. He's a ghostwriter, and he's an author, and... He's on the show. He's my guest today. This is Tim Shields. And Tim Shields is going through this life transformation, this hero's journey. Now, he's very clearly in the unknown, but he is able to navigate, to steer, to um, cognize, and to recognize the synchronicities and to participate in the manifestation and the emanation of these synchronicities so that... He's uh, more aware, more alive, more live, living the life of his dreams. And that's really like this, this the tip of the iceberg when it comes to becoming supernatural, when it comes to leaning into the uncomfortable zones of our beings and reaching towards something greater, something more, and becoming that and emanating that, and then transforming ourselves and our reality as a result. So really hope you enjoyed this conversation with Tim Shields. It was such a pleasure to do this. Uh, We were in such an alignment, so looking forward to another one possibly in the future. So to recap and to trace this whole journey and seeing where it's all going. Enjoy. Thanks for joining me on the show um, with the Quantum Feedback Podcast. I know it's like a little bit of an off subject, but you originally caught my attention because you're going through this major life transition. Like, and I yeah. was like, it was inspiring in one hand and I, and I resonate with it on the other hand. And, and there's, there's so much aliveness that I saw you were going through and that you were like, you know, embodying and really, you know, going through the motions of, of, um, you know, of, of reaching out into that unknown sort of space and, you know, and courageously, like, going forward with it all, you know, like, sometimes, you know, people say to me, it's like, oh, you're so inspiring that you kept going, you didn't turn back when things got a little bit shady and difficult. Yeah. Well, you know, I've tried a few times, but life just keeps like, pushing me, you know, back onto the train. I've tried to get off at a couple stops, but it's like, nope. So finally, you know, finally just going with it. I mean, it it really started about, you know, let's see, about a year and a half ago, probably at this point, I had just come back from living in Mexico. I moved down there for a woman, didn't work out, met another, met another woman, didn't work out, wound up back in Seattle, just kind of like, what the hell am I doing with my life? And I'm just like, all right, I just want stability. And I was like trying to jump back into the corporate world because I've been, you know, an editor or ghostwriter for, for five years now. So uh, <clears throat> I'm like, I just want stability. I just want security. And, you know, trying to like, you know, get into Amazon and like things that just would not like work for me because I was in Seattle. 
And um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a crazy series of things that happen. But at one point, I just kind of I remember walking out of my apartment almost a year ago in November. And I was kind of like trying to keep these people at bay to avoid their book because I wanted something more stable. And I just walked out of my door and I was like, ah, fuck it. I surrender. I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. And then I had a conversation that night that just began opening door after door after door after door. And then <clears throat> come like January, um, my sister was like, hey, do you, do you want to do Joe Dispenza's medita like abundance meditation for 30 days? I'm like, sure, sign me up. So I wound up doing it for like 80 days. And it was like the minute I started doing it, things just started happening. You know, like some, some woman in Honduras found my book and wound up teaching it to her students. And then that opened up another school down there and then a school in Mexico. And then I was like, well, maybe I want to write for TV. And all of a sudden I'm talking to like a Simpsons producer and writer. And, and I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. But then something else showed up and I'm like, okay, well, I'm just in this generative space. So I'm just going to kind of observe. <clears throat> and then at one point it was like mid to late February and it was a Friday. And I remember, and, and, you know, when I was doing this abundance meditation, I, I would keep sort of a daily log of things that were happening. So I had this external cue and then also, you know, if somebody bought me a cup of coffee, that's abundant, right? So you start to train your brain into that sort of frame of mind. <clears throat> so it was like four o'clock on a Friday. And, um, you know, I was like, wow, nothing really abundance happened today. Okay, that's cool. And I'm just about to walk out the door and I check my email and I get connected with this woman in Texas. And, um, long story, I, I reach out, we connect on, on Monday. And at the end of the conversation, she's like, I, I want you to come down. I want to meet you. Can you come down on Wednesday? And I was like, uh, okay. So I flew down to Texas. I wound up spending 10 days, 12 days there. She took off on like a business trip and just like handed me the keys to her like brand new Audi A5 and this huge house. And she's like, check out Austin, explore the area. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Because for about six to eight months, I mean, I can see now in hindsight, but you know, life was kind of leading these breadcrumbs to either Austin or California. And ironically enough, I'm in Santa Cruz, California right now. So, um, so when I got back from Texas, I was like super psyched to work with this woman. And, um, my, intuition told me I should go back down as soon as possible because, you know, peripherally Corona was ramping up and, and then like March 11th, I, I thought, well, okay, I'm, I'm going to book a flight for the end of, for the end of the month. And I'm just going, you know, I'm going to slowly move out of Seattle, say goodbye to friends, maybe have a good going away party. And then by like five o'clock in the afternoon that night, you know, the energy, probably around the world, but definitely in Seattle, like amplified. And it was like, our airport's going to be closed. Like what's going to happen. And so I wound up talking to this woman and she's like, I think you should just come down as soon as possible, like tomorrow. And I was like, okay. And I just like packed up my life in three hours in a suitcase and a half. And I took off 
And I didn't get back. That was March 11th. And I didn't get back to Seattle till September 6th. And, you know, I was in Texas and people were like, you know, are you okay? How you doing? I'm like, I'm having the most, you know, the most abundant pandemic ever. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm in this huge house. There's a putting green. I don't really golf, but, um, you know, like a sauna and a hot tub. And, and I'm like working on this amazing book project, you know, so, and, and totally connected with this woman and we're meditating every day and like creating all sorts of wild things. So anyway, that when that project ended, I was going to go to, uh, <clears throat> I was going to move into Austin, but felt really rushed. And then a buddy of mine had like a little tiny apartment in Palm Beach, Florida. So I'm living in the smallest apartment I've ever lived in, but I'm three blocks from the beach and like 15 blocks from billionaires row. And, you know, like, Epstein's house, Trump's house, like just craziness. Um, so I just hung out down there for six weeks and like worked on my own stuff. And then um, like an opportunity was arising in California and I wound up flying to Phoenix to see some friends, bought my first car in nine years, drove to California. Two weeks into working with this woman, she's like, now's not the right time for this book. And I'm like, excuse me? Um, and uh so, but I, I wound up just hanging out there like Dana Point, which is in between LA and uh, San Diego. And I had some friends in San Diego. So, you know, I realized I was not in California for the book, but for a lesson and kind of maybe some of the connections, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the same time that was happening, um, <clears throat> you know, this woman who reached out to me like a year and a half prior and I couldn't even remember why. And she's like, I asked you to write the forward to my book. And I was like, Whoa, that's crazy. I don't, you know? And, um, she just kept being like, I really want to work with you at some point. And, and then finally, you know, <clears throat> as the California thing was sort of falling apart, she reached out and she was like, I figured it out. It's not about, it's not working with me. It's working with my husband. So, um, so that we finally came together at a deal and uh you know i guess late august i drove from uh california to seattle closed down 19 years of life in um seattle threw everything in storage and cruised down here and you know i'm like i couldn't be deeper in the unknown but and but the crazy thing is is like what i from my own body of work you know um, I've written one book, A Curious Year in the Great Vivarium Experiment. And then in my, I've charted out the next uh, three. And then in my mind, I'm living in the fifth book. And I was kind of like, you know, the thing that I need to kind of explore is the physical, you know, the physical realm. Cause I'm, you know, always kind of working on my mental, physical, I mean, mental, spiritual, emotional components. And so here I am <clears throat> working with this guy who owns one of like the, you know, the last independent gyms in um, California. And uh, it's called California's Strongest Gym, as a matter of fact. But it's it's not like a gym. It's like a transformation chamber. You know, like before our workouts, he'll be maybe lecturing on, you know, intention or quantum physics or displacement. Um, and uh, so it's really wild. You know, I'm getting paid to write a book and to get in the best shape of my life. And, you know, he's like, you have to become a completely different person in this process. And, you know, I'm like, 
I just had like a protein shake. I'm like, that's, you know, nothing I would ever, I'm eating six times a day. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? But yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm having some pretty wild experiences uh, down here ever since I, today started the third week of this physical training. The second day I thought I was going to die. I literally, uh, excuse my French, but thought I was going to shit myself and throw up simultaneously. I was like altered state of consciousness, just like, Oh my God. Like, you know, I think I'm going to die right now. Like my body's never sort of, you know, it's, I think it's shutting down. I'm, this is the first time I'm having this experience, but, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, somebody's like, it gets better. And I'm like, really? Cause I don't want to come back tomorrow, but, um, it has consistently gotten better. And, um, yeah, I mean, exactly like I suspected pushing into the physical so hard. And I think kind of finally releasing the anchor in, uh, in Seattle. Cause I would like, it was my home base, but I would take off and travel a lot. And then I would come back there and I would always feel stunted when I came back. I, I think between picking up that anchor and then like pushing so hard into the physical, there are some really interesting kind of reverberations happening and synchronicities and serendipities and really wild stuff, like really wild. You, it sounds like you're really like reconditioning your, your subconscious mind, like, you know, like getting out of the comp, you know, like Seattle and that comfort zone, getting the body working and then yeah. doing new projects, new scenery, new environment. And, and obviously you're doing your practice, you know, like whatever your practice is. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'll tell you about one really wild experience I had and, and this just happened, uh, last Wednesday. So I'm kind of glad that I assume your, your audience is somewhat up to, uh, you know, up, up to the level we're talking, obviously if it's called the quantum, uh, feedback. But, um, so Ted, I- I'm currently staying at their Ted and Andrea's, uh, one bedroom apartment in Capitola, which is like right on the Santa Cruz line. <clears throat> but I have to, you know, I have to like commute an hour and a half, four times a week just to go to the gym. But um, so Ted came back here last Wednesday night and he got here at like 1030 at night. Um, this might be hard to tell because I haven't, I haven't sort of articulated it. I'm just going to do the best I can. But he's like, hey, do you want to do a meditation? And I'm like, sure. It's like 1030 at night. <laughs> Um, so we do one of Joe Dispenza's meditations. I think we called, we did tuning into new potentials and, um, I had never done, I mean, no, I had done, I, I had never had like an experience with the breath. So like there is a certain breath where you are pulling, you know, the, your breath and your energy from like your perineum up through the top of your head. And, you know, you're creating sort of a tourist field around your body and, you know, for the first time in my life, I, I really felt the energy and in my mind's eye, I could see it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at one point I remember it kind of like, you know, you know how, like you see the insides of a, a cell, like sort of that movement inside, it was like sort of, there was that kind of movement of energy up. And then at another time it was more slow, like a, like a lava flow, but I could see that it in this tube, And then towards the end, it was like going a bit stronger. And it was almost like there were like sparks in my going up in my brain. And I was like, wow, well, this is a pretty wild experience. And I know from enough, you know, um, from being around, I mean, I've been working with 
Dr. Joe as his editor for like five years. So I know from the community working with him enough to be like, don't judge this, just experience it, just watch it. Mm. So, so then we start to do the meditation and, you know, down here in this sort of part of the field, I, first of all, I sort of started to see through the, through the darkness, like the darkness kind of became layered, you know, like, uh, those old posters, you would sort of look through them and then all of a sudden they would go like that. Yeah. Um, you got to get a big cross-eyed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It kind of became layered. And then it started like forming up this like fabric, like this electric fabric. Mm. And I'm like, I'm just like going like, holy shit, this is crazy. <laughs> like, am I really experiencing this or is this my imagination? <clears throat> and then at some point, um, sort of, this fabric, um, it, it sort of, I remember, well, it gave out and it kind of uh, like a wormhole opened up. But before that, I think, or in tandem, it was like, I remember seeing like an old time car. This is going somewhere. So I remember seeing this old time car and there were like these like trees, like, uh, like pine trees or something sort of bent over. Like I was going through a tunnel of trees and then it just... Sort of the grayness and i'm like sort of in this vortex mm. <clears throat> and anyway um you know so long story short a lot of other things happen but at the end of the meditation you know i start talking to ted about it and he's like are you kidding me he's like i saw that he's like was the the field like uh you know was that electric web like violet blue and green i'm like yeah and he's like but it was really subtle right and i was like yeah so we basically had we became entrained and we had this objective subjective experience mm. and i've been thinking about it ever since and then the next night i his wife came and the three of us had this really really wild crazy meditation which i'm going to talk about in like the next two Instagram posts that I do, but, um, fast forward to yesterday. Um, and I just, when I woke up in the morning, all I knew I was doing was I was going to go down to Carmel. Uh, it's about 45 minutes South. And right beyond that is big Sur, which I, I had only, I only sort of know of through like Jack Kerouac and, and people who have gone down there, but they're like, it's so gorgeous and amazing. So after working, I decide like, I'm just going to drive south and see where I go. And I didn't, at first, I didn't realize I was in Big Sur. Mm. But at some point, um, I mean, this, this probably sounds totally insane to some people, but long story short is I, I had the physical manifestation of that meditation in this reality. So I realized afterwards, like, you know, there were these two spots where I was driving exactly where I was like <laughs> driving through these, like these trees and everything. And when I came out, I came right into like the grayness, mm. like, because big Sur is, I didn't know what I, I didn't know what I was going into because there was like a Marine layer that had socked it in. And I'm just feeling like so lit up and inspired and, um, <clears throat> you know, all these other things happen, but then I'll, but then I'll, you know, I come back and I decide to stop and I'm looking over the edge of this cliff. Right. And I'm looking down 
And I remember that is where like the first sort of, well, actually no, yeah. The first, one of the first sort of wormholes opened up, you know, and I'm just kind of like, you're just following it because I'm realizing it's just energy and it was like down here. So I park my car and I go to the edge of this cliff and it's just like totally socked in. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, like the marine, you know, layer sort of dissipates. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I had no idea how high up I was on this cliff. And I'm right on the edge of it. I'm like, oh, my God. And I I just keep following it. And <clears throat> all of a sudden, you know, it just everything comes more into view. And I know that in this state, the state of meditation, I'm just supposed to observe. I'm not supposed to judge. And so I can't believe I'm just like launching right into this in the beginning of this podcast, but it's my most recent experience. So, so I just kind of followed, you know, as the, the clouds dissipated, I just followed my line up the coastline. And, and all of a sudden, like, I see where I am. And it's like these giant mountains that are like cascading right into the sea. And it's like some of the most dramatic stuff I've ever seen. And then all of a sudden it's just like the marine layer comes back again. And I'm like, oh my God, that is what happens in meditation. That is what happens in this reality. It's like, <clears throat> it's like energy just collapses into matter, you know? And, and in the, in the meditation, those things you see are just like, you know, energy collapsing into imagery. Mm. And like the moment you like think about it or judge it, they disappear. So, I mean, a lot of other things happen, but that's just an example of some of the crazy stuff that's been happening. <laughs> There's a, that, I mean, that's so, so interesting. And it, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, do you feel like, okay, going back to before you stepped out of Seattle, before yeah. you, you know, made that big shift, mm -hmm. um, going back to that sort of status quo of your life, did you like, did you have these goggles on these glasses, this vision, this ability to, you know, like see no. this feel, this interconnected aspect of your life where you're, you know, this active participant and observer oh. and, and creator, you know, through that whole thing, you're driving along and you're having all these realizations it's all happening in your mind and yeah. it's all happening within your, the landscape of your, you know, your life's journey in some ways. Yeah. I mean, you. I, um, I've been meditating for 10 years and I've never had an experience like that. Like I have received information and I think because I'm a writer, I receive, I receive information, sort of words and downloads of ideas. And like my sister's very visual. So she sees really, she's a visual artist. So she sees imagery and stuff like that. I mean, I can see <clears throat> how my life is, all of these things are connected I've kind of always been able to see that at certain points when I'm not in my own way, when I'm not in fear, you know, when I'm not in judgment of myself against, you know, another friend who's killing it in the corporate world and buying like three houses or something like that. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, this is kind of what I always hoped and imagined. And I feel like, you know, since I, I started writing at 17 mm -hmm. and I mean, I started writing, you know, at 17, I was like, you know, there's no place we've discovered sort of, we've gone to the far reaches of the earth, like the next sort of place to go is internal. And I was like, 
the next revolution is going to be a spiritual revolution. I was just like writing about this already at 17. I don't know <laughs> how or where or why. Well, probably because I took mushroom, a lot of mushrooms at age 16. <laughs> so, you know, that did sort of alter my future consciousness. Let's put it that way. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I just, I feel like there's this acceleration of energy right now happening on the planet. And it's like, <clears throat> whoever you're being is being, you know, accelerated and, and accentuated. So if it's like you're joyful and you're feeling connected, like that is going to vibrate up. If you are living in fear and you're living in the program of all this shit we're being fed, like in the mass media and everything, it's like, I mean, like Ted and I joked the other night, like, cause we're in such this bubble of sort of like, um, these creative people and we're doing a documentary about this whole process and stuff. And we're like in this little cocoon and, and we were joking about how, like when you see somebody outside and they're like, and they're talking about the news, I'm like, Oh, you watch the news or like, <laughs> or like, you know, uh, they're talking about coronavirus or like it totally in fear. I'm like, is that still a thing? <laughs> like, you know, I'm just like, shit, I'm having a great time. I'm sorry. You're, sequestering yourself in like you know fear and terror in indoors but um there's a lot of life to live out there so oh yeah so i can so resonate with that bubble man that's like this cocoon it's it's really the place to be when it's going crazy out there like you really exactly. gotta have that have that inner inner compass guiding you and and knowing the truth and knowing what's going on but that's, I think that's a divergent subject. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I really kind of, my whole experiment with this thing that's happening is like, I wanted to see how, if I attune the body, the instrument, the vessel, you know, the instrument of consciousness, if I attune it to its like optimal state, how is that going to be like reverberate out into my external world? Because I've been paying more and more and more and more attention to like, not even conscious. It's like unconsciously conscious of like my thoughts and stuff. So, you know, there'll just be something I will remember, like something little, and then it'll show up in my, and sometimes they're big things, but it'll show up in my external world. So, you know, the more that you pay attention to that and the more you, you know, you make those connections to realize that, you actually are the creator, you know, and, yeah. and it's all about your state of being. And, um, you know, the more interesting this like physical realm becomes, you know? And, um, so I, I mean, I could never have ever, ex you know, guessed that I would have this experience in meditation. And then like, you know, this experience in big Sur, where, I mean, it just like, I mean, it actually freaked me out a little bit at one point. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. This is, everything I've written about like intellectually, you know, and like having some experiences of it, but this was a full on like, ex like experience. So, you know, I'm really curious to see where, where this whole thing goes. And, and I feel very like when Andrea, Ted and I connected uh, or uh, meditated the other night, it was like, you know, as soon as it started, I felt like, you know, it was like, like I felt us connect as a pyramid you know, and, and, um, she felt it too. It was funny. Cause that night, like Andrea and I had like the, a very similar, you know, meditation and, you know, she sort of 
to her, she was like, I, I saw this thing where she and I are connected at the heart. Ted and I are connected at the mind and those two are connected in the physical. And um, so I don't know, we'll, we'll see what we create out of this whole wild experiment. He calls it like a giant epigenetic experiment. So, cause there's three of us that are, I mean, I probably have more experience training and stuff like that. I used to be a college athlete and soccer player, but these other two don't have any. So he's basically taking three of us from square one and putting us into this like kind of hardcore gym, you know, mm. and, and seeing what happens as a result of sort of the entrainment and, and the thing Pressure. that, um, the thing that connects the three of us is we're all kind of like students of consciousness and, you know, so we already have a, fam a familiarity with a lot of the principles he's talking about and stuff. So, I mean, <clears throat> I've gotten a lot stronger, way faster than I, than I thought I would. Um, so it's interesting. And for me, it's not about, you know, it's not about bulk or any of that stuff. It's, it's about like a, the experiment of what, you know, can I create? And then B it's, it is so mental. Like I never could have guessed how mental this is. And like, you know, he'll talk about when you're pulling the bar down, you know, like that moment of panic, you know, and, and you're like, something happens with your form and you bust out a form and he'll be like, I want you to think your homework assignment is think about where that happens in your life, you know, where the pressure or something and you, you crack or you give up or you change direction. So it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Yeah. On a, on a micro level, that's really like this, the cracking of like, you know, that desire, that calling that you get and, 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 and then the narrative or whatever it is goes, no, 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 you're going to stay put and do the safe thing and work on your career yeah. and, you know, stay, you know, keep yeah. going with the normal thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's, it's all, I mean, I think he will be probably right up there as one of my greatest mentors, like Dr. Joe Dispenza, like he is a master of the physical. Mm. Um, and you know, I think, but, and he's bringing like quantum physics into this whole thing. So it's like a completely new sort of program that he's created and called. It's pretty wild. Interesting. Right, right up my alley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we are creating this experience and we do live in this super fluid realm of energy. And it's like, like you're saying, it's the more we tune into that, the more we can like embrace this, this possibility of something new, you know, because I yeah. think as a human humanity, I think we've had the like the freaking curtain pulled over our minds for so oh, long, yeah. like yeah. As, as far back as I can remember, there's probably handfuls of people that have sort of escaped that, created their own cocoon, their own bubble of thought, freedom, and then explored and, and developed and, and, you know, and gone all the way to some, some level of mastery. But yeah, man, there's so much we haven't even like tapped into, discovered, like, you know, th this, this weird fuzzy conversation we're having is, is, <laughs> It's, it should be, I mean, it's becoming more normal. Really. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, and that's sure. exciting. That's super exciting because the yeah. more we can resonate on that level and, and actually embrace 
you know, these aspects of our lives, the more we can allow it to be and then to go on that, you know. Yeah, it's like, you know, just like in this in this meditation experience I had, like afterwards, you know, uh, the next couple of days, I didn't have as profound of a experience, but I knew it was there. And I sensed like I I didn't, it wasn't visual, but I could sense the energy of these kind of like, Mm. you know, vortexes. And I, and I was just, you know, really realizing like, it is all about the power of observation. All we are is like a point of focus of consciousness. We're like a fractal of this whole thing. And, you know, I think we are like consciousness experiencing, you know, itself. And, um, you know, it's like, like Dr. Joe always says, like, every time I think I have it figured out, it's like, just everything blows up. And it's like, you know, you discover like one little doorway and you go into this much deeper labyrinth and you're like, okay, this is brand new territory. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm really, I, 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 I shouldn't limit myself in language, but I, I really want my life to continue to stay in this sort of magical, mystical thing. And, and I think, you know, I had this thought today. It was <clears throat> basically like, let's see if I can articulate it. You know, I, I, I shared a lot more and maybe I will in a bit about what the second meditation was. It was, it was pretty wild, but <clears throat> the reason why I think we have to share a lot of these things is because, you know, when you hear about somebody's, when somebody has the experience, they build a whole new neural network. Mm. And then when somebody else hears about the experience, there is that possibility of that. So, you know, I, I had the idea, I mean, like the way we're going to change the world is to change our neural networks Mm. and, and expanding the possibility of what we can see. Because like most of the things, you know, we drift through life sort of asleep. And then like, but like, as you sort of like raise your levels of consciousness, you see more and more things in your peripheral and things that have always been there. Mm. So, you know, I was, I was thinking about like, you know, our, our neural networks and, and you can imagine the way that looks when they're firing, right? It's like this web of, of lights and stuff like that. And it's like, if you, you know, and, and that's how we have to sync up at the collective consciousness level, you know, uh, rising tide lifts all boats. So it's like all of us to be, you know, to start of, first of all, we have to just do it and embody it ourselves. Right. And then hopefully through entrainment and consciousness and the, a wave and, you know, we sort of and train other people and and they look at you and they're like, what is this, you know, what does this guy got, you know? And, but so then we, we lock into that as a, as a sort of a a collective consciousness. And, and then the the way I thought of it was like, you know, those like uh, cell commercials, like at night when you see the country and they show like the whole, you know, the whole lit up, there'd be like a cities and all the sort of pathways, you know, it's like, that's like, so it's just an example, but like, imagine the neural network. And then it looks like that at the collective consciousness. And then like, if you keep going out into like, you see those pictures of the universe, I mean, it looks like, it looks like a neural network. I mean, it's like, we're all just like part of this, this dream, I think really. And it's Mm -hmm. awakening up to the dream that 
we are also the dream and the creator and everything else but yeah and and the, and the you know the, the laws of physics are not really like that real they're not really that applicable because if you can drop into that dream or drop into that hyper lucid state of awareness yeah you know yeah, i mean like Go ahead, doors sorry. open up then doors open up and and you can sort of you can navigate your reality based on you know based on you know seeing new stuff and and really interacting with it in real time so that you know yeah. you, you're, you're being more of that conscious creator you know navigating that life yeah and it and it really all comes down to i think choice mm-hmm. you know and and the state of being like I can't. Oh, okay. I remember. <clears throat> so like the night I, in, in, when I was living in Dana point and this woman told me, you know, now's not the time to work on this book. <clears throat> my normal program is to spiral into, you know, cursing myself and why did I choose this path and blah, 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 blah. Um, but I just went up to my room and I go, okay, I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm going to move into creation you know, as opposed to spiraling down, I sort of, you know, started sort of a spiral up vortex. And man, what I wrote then like sort of came to fruition. Mm. And I think it's always, you know, there's like these, uh, you know, these moments that are like balanced on a fulcrum and, you know, you could choose that side and, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, Slip down that path or you can. Exactly. And, but it's all about sort of the choice. And anytime I've sort of chosen to do the opposite thing which is you know i'm not a master this is you know a lifetime of uh working on this and learning these lessons in very hard ways but um you know when i choose to do the opposite thing it's like you create so many more possibilities in that moment as opposed to because i guess because you're moving into the unknown as Mm. opposed to going back to to the known which is like well, shit, here I am again. I should probably go get a corporate job, you know, but. Yeah. Well, congratulations. You I mean, you've been a writer, you know, for the better part of your whole life. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's, I think that's inspiring to people to, you know, go, okay, cool. You can pick up a craft, you know, that you're passionate about and you can pursue it, you know, and it, yeah. and it can open up all these doors and it can lead you to, you know, your own spiritual journey through life where you create, you know, like we get to discover and create what you want. Yeah. I mean, I always knew like since I was 17 that I wanted to be a writer and I also had sort of this uh, just innate sense or knowledge. Like, you know, I was like, if I want to write about big things, I have to have big experiences, you know? And, and I would think about like, you know, fantasize about the life of Kerouac and Steinbeck and, you know, Hemingway and James Joyce and all this stuff and, and all the things they did. And, you know, I just felt stunted for so many years. So I didn't really take off on my first solo journey until I was 33. Mm. Um, I, and I had like a job and a relationship end in the same week. And I bought a one-way ticket to Tanzania and I volunteered in an orphanage for two months. <laughs> I was talking to Ted the other night. The, my trainer and coach friend mentor and he's like so wait let me get this straight this girl told you she needed time and space and you went to tanzania and i was like well yeah it wasn't exactly that one-to-one ratio i i had already been thinking about like 
I wanted to be of service. I wanted to have an experience that was profound and that I could write about. And, you know, the timing just kind of linked up. And you know this whole story. As soon as you're like, all right, baby, see you later. They're like, ah, you're the best, you know. <laughs> but yeah. like, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm off on my adventure. They're like, oh, but yeah, come over. Yeah, but, but I'm here. What, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I just have like continuously, you know, done things like that. And, and when I look back, I'm, I mean, especially the experience that my book is based upon, which is like, you know, my mother, my father passed away in 2004. And then my mother, I mean, I didn't know because I was living on the other side of the country and my older siblings sort of hid this truth from me. But my mother had been slipping in like, like Alzheimer's and dementia. I mean, obviously at, at, in time it became very obvious, but um, so for the better part of a decade, I was going home across country to visit like sick parents. So when my mom finally passed away in 2010, I was like, all right, this is my time. And um, I bought a one-way ticket to India hmm. and uh, this, I was, uh, you know, I was, I thought I was ready for when my mom passed away, but it just rocked my world. And uh, <clears throat> so this, a friend of my sister's was like, all right, you're a, uh, you're a writer. I want you to do this exercise. I want you to write down five things you're grateful for and five things you want to create. And you're going to find that the things you create today are going to be the things you're grateful for in the future. And I'm like, I'll try anything. So, you know, I bought like a $2 notebook and, um, <clears throat> just started writing things out and they just like really kind of started happening and you know and it was like all right i need the right job right now i want cool people i surrender like the amount of money i make and i, I wound up making less money but the contract went six months and then i was like it was supposed to be three months and then it went six months and i'm like but i'm leaving at six months and then right as I'm about to leave, you know, my boss is like, would you want to work like 10 to 20 hours when you're in India? And I'm like, hell yeah, like making U.S. money in India. <clears throat> and then I had money to fly. I had uh, miles. So I flew home to surprise my family for a family reunion. Um, and I was on my way. I, I knew I had a flight back to Asia to work with a friend as like the school photographer's assistant. So he was paying me 500 bucks a week, free room, booze, board, every food, food sometimes. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so, but like on my way back, I swung through the office and my boss like pulled me aside and he's like, you're going to need money to travel. Just bill me for three out 30 hours a week for the next three months of your contract. So I went back to Asia collecting two incomes and I just was all over Southeast Asia. The last three months I lived in Berlin. So I was gone for 15 months, mm. but that, that whole journey um, <clears throat> is what my book is based upon. Mm. And, and the title, obviously a curious year, it was this very interesting, curious year. And then um, the great vivarium experiment. So right near where I lived in Seattle, there's this sculpture park. And um, one of the, one of the installations is a vivarium and it's like this nurse log that had fallen in the woods and, the structure creates uh, the environment that it, you know, simulates the environment that it lived in. And I used to always like walk through it on the way home just because it was cool. And, and one day I looked up on the board and it said vivarium, vive means life, vivarium means a place of life. And I was like, holy shit, that's the whole concept of the book. 
inside the vivarium is our life's journey, but outside it is what we're all connected to, which is consciousness. So, um, yeah, I mean, it took me like six years or something on and off to do, but, um, it's out there. It's out there. I hear it's pretty decent, pretty good. (laughs) Go and get that book. Where is it on Amazon? Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon most, uh, you know, um, I remember somebody in Australia bought it some on some other thing, but I'm sure it's, you know, yeah. most, most online bookstores and whatnot. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah. It was a really wild year. That's, yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a beautiful holiday work, bloody exploration. <clears throat> what do you do now though? You know, like, we've got this situation where we can't just fly away one way ticket, especially one way ticket. Um, you know, like, and this new discovery of the inner world, that's where everything's gonna happen. It's, it is happening there, you know, it's like, how do you buy a one-way ticket to your inner world to create this sort of change? I mean, I don't know if there's a formula, but uh, I mean, I guess there is, we're sort of stumbling into the formula, like hero's journey, the life, you know, this whole, you know, system really is like, in a way it's teaching us. You know, I guess there's a um, there's a mainstream system, and that's trying to distract us from it. And by oh, distracting sure. us from it, it's actually helping us to find it because we're so lost and so, you know, there's complete lack of meaning. You know. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, actually, Joe Dispenza has. I mean, he calls it the formula now. You know, it's there is this, these certain steps to take, and um, you know, you can induce you can induce these states really. Um, you know, you, you just really have to get out of the way and become nobody, no thing, nowhere, no person in no time. And, you know, that has not been something easy for me to do. Um, but you know, I used to beat myself up and when I first started, I'm like, I'm not doing it right. All these people are having these mystical experiences, you know, and, and then, you know, things just started clicking, like actually right after the first advanced workshop I ever went to, things just started clicking immediately. And I'm like, oh, I don't need to have these profound internal experiences. Like I just need to do the work. I need to like connect with that energy, with the field, with whatever you want to call it, God, source energy, you know, zero point field. I just need to connect with it and train with it because like, at the atomic level, I am it, you know, it is me. We're all just like energy, you know? And, um, so yeah, I mean, I've, I've always found, I remember, um, when I like really early in my career reading this article by this, uh, about this art director I wanted, I wanted to work for because I was like in advertising or I was trying to break into advertising at that point. And the question was like, what do you do for, um, you know, to get into your creative states? And he goes, I just sit in stillness. And I was like, wow. And it, it always stuck with me. And then that, that was like the initial thing. And then that message just kept being, you know, showing up everywhere. And, and, and I mean, I think that's really, that's what it all arises from, especially, you know, right now, like you were just saying, it's such a busy, chaotic, world full of misinformation and, and, uh, you know, fear and separation. And, and it's, 
I'm not experiencing that because <laughs> I'm not paying attention to it. It's like, where do you, where do you put your attention? Wherever you put your attention that magnifies, you know, oh, it's yeah. like, if you think about, you know, sunlight going through a magnifying glass, that is, uh, you know, that's it creates your, that's an your interaction, it creates combust combustion, it creates, you know, it is increased focused energy and like, <clears throat> yeah. So I'm just trying to every day, just like put it into creativity and love and connection and I'm having a good time. I, I don't know what's happening in the world and the news and shit. I think there's like an election going on in the United States, maybe. I don't know. Uh, at but, some point. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So they tell me. Um, it's not really yeah. relevant. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation. We would we could go down a different path, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, <clears throat> all we have control over is how we respond, you know, to things. So and, and how and 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 where we're putting our time and attention. Exactly. Like you're saying. Yeah. <clears throat> that's really the beginning point of <laughs> taking back control of your life and and um and taking back control of your attention, your time and attention. That's probably the one of the most valuable things we have. Yeah. You know, like let's not look at our bank account, let's look at our, where we're spending our time and attention. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean another interesting thing that's sort of the other half of what I'm doing here. Um <clears throat> Ted's wife, Andrea, does this thing called emotional sobriety. I think her, web, her website's level-headed doc. But, <clears throat> I mean, it is such an interesting thing because, you know, we're all, uh, so many of us are living out of these wounds of our childhoods, and they're so unconscious, you know, and it's, um, it's really some, some interesting, profound work. And, wow. uh, yeah, I mean it's, it's sort of helped me see some blind spots and I'm like, okay, time to change that program, time to change that reaction. But, um, yeah, it's, those are like the two things, you know, our attention and our choice, I think mm. it kind of boils down to. That's a fascinating, um, <laughs> profession you have. It sounds like it's like a personal development journey. <laughs> you know, so, but, but the people so, you work with, it's like, oh, I want to yeah. write this book and transform the world. And you're like, oh, I have to edit that and like really get, you know, the nitty gritty of it all down. Yeah. <laughs> you're priming I mean, your own mind and your brain and body for for experiencing all that and going through yeah. it. Yeah. And I get to like learn from these masters, you know, and I mean, it is it is to a certain degree, like sort of what I always wanted and what I, you know, any art is sort of a long person, a long, a long person's game. You know, I think especially writing, like I, I've often been like, oh, I wish I could just be a guitarist or a painter because then you can just crank out a song or a painting. I know some paintings take years, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know how, I mean, either, partly choice, partly courage, partly naivety, partly I didn't know what else to do with myself, but I just kept moving forward on this path. And, and now I can see that, you know, I'm, I can't wait to write like my next book and books, but I have to just be patient and let that line up because I feel like right now, you know, I'm, I'm like, 
just almost done with this apprenticeship. You know, mm. I'm like learning from these amazing people and I'm just trusting where I am and that the right people show up at the right time. And <clears throat> it's not always easy, but when you start to see those things in your external world, like sort of clicking into place and, and paying attention between what's happening in your external world and internal world, like I think that can, that can help build the trust. Mm. So. Do you, do you, um, do you like write your own script? Like, do, is that a process you go through? Like where you look at your life and you sort of like in your creative mind's eye, you know, like, Oh, that's yeah. my old narrative. Uh, like let's, that sucks. Like I'm really too familiar with that. Let's change it. Let's see where we can go with this. Is it like, is that something I mean, that you participate with, play with? Not, not exactly. I mean, I, I'm just, uh, I'm just living into it really. You know, like I'm, like I said the other day, like my job as an artist or a writer is like, like the words, the stories, if you believe in sort of this quantum model, it all already exists, you know, like, and Bob Dylan said something, you know, I wrote this in my Instagram like a day or two ago. He's like, the songs are already there. You know, if I didn't write them, somebody else would, you know, and, and that's the same thing I was saying. It's like, I'm just living into it. And I just have to like pull them from the ether and organize them and structure them. And, you know, I, I always believed I've kept a journal since I was 17 and I think I have like 56 notebooks of my life on paper. So I've, I've put in my 10 or 20 or 30,000 hours, you know, always working on this. And it's not like I have any other choice. It's like how I process, that's how I process and engage with the world, like through ideas and words and, um, <clears throat> God, I don't even know where, remember where I was going with that. But, so what, uh, what, what tips do you have for anyone that's writing or that wants to process their own life? Like, Well, I would say, number one, sit your ass in a chair and put a timer on. Like, if you want to do it, you got to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I still use that as my, for myself. If I'm, you know, working on a project or for somebody, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm sitting here for an hour, click, or like four hours, you know, and I can't get up until that four hours is done, mm. you know, and it's a very, it's actually just like a little mental trick because it's so hard to sit down. But once you put that timer on, you're like, well, shit, I got to do this. And then it, it sort of like slowly becomes myopic and all of a sudden you get in flow and then the timer goes off and you're like, nope, I'm, I'm still, I'm still going. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, you know, I I started writing this book, uh, well, the book proposal and some of it this summer about my process and sort of writing from a different place, sort of more of a quantum quantum place. And um, Andrea, who you know has the the emotionally sobriety course, she wants to help me create an online course, and I'm like, okay, well as soon as I can find some time to organize around that, but uh, maybe tonight, you know, maybe tomorrow, but maybe, you know, again, I should take my own advice and just do it half hour increments because, you know, that's like, I, I also coach writing and, you know, it, it's, it's the most sim simple advice. It's like, well, you're not a writer unless you're writing. 
if you're thinking about writing, then you're just pondering, okay. yeah. you know? So <clears throat> I would say just, uh, just do it. A, you got to do it. And then B, you got to give yourself allowance to suck. Like there's, I mean, I don't think there's anybody who has just knocked it out in the first draft. If they are, it's a very, it's like 0.0, you know, 9% or something. The first draft is always going to be terrible, but like, if you can think about it as, um, you know, and, and a paint, an artist or a painter might sketch that thing he's going to paint 10 or 15 times before he sits down to paint it. So you can just think of like, you're just doing an artist's sketch, you know, and, and for me to get started, you know, when I, when I feel like I don't have anything to write, I just like sit down and I'm like, well, I'm in Santa Cruz. I'm 46 years old. And you know, kind of just go through the things, what's happening. What do I feel? What am I listening to right now? What am I observing? And these little kind of subtle things just kind of start cues and then you can tap into something and then just, and then just follow it. You know, yeah. I mean, any, any art, is about getting into that or performance athletics. It's about getting into that flow state where it's like you get out of the way. And, and that's what I'm really kind of learning in, in everything in my, in my external world and like the meditation experience I just had and whatever. And I'm like, I just got out of the way. I had no expectations. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I just, I said to myself in the morning, I'm like, I'm going to entrust my intuition and just see where the day takes me. Um, and I think that's a very good way you know, unless you're doing something way more structured, like a nonfiction how-to or something like, but even then there is, you know, leeway to just free write, but I could probably talk about that stuff for a long time, but I should probably be more organized uh, in my <laughs> delivery. Amazing, Tim. Is there any um, last words you want to leave us with or, you know, like, links to your website where people can go to find out more about coaching, you know, writing yeah, coaching I with mean, you or whatever, whatever your schedule's like. Everything is on, uh, I have like coaching and uh, ghostwriting and editing on my website, A Curious Year, but the, A Curious Year is about my book mostly. Um, <clears throat> also underneath the book trailer, it looks like a movie trailer. There's a, if you scroll a little bit up, there's a soundtrack to the book too. Hmm. which is pretty damn good. You can find that. Uh, my nephew created it, Jack Shields on Spotify and Apple Music and stuff. Cool. Um, I've also, you know, my essays on there are kind of, you know, explorations of big ideas for future books. So, you know, I just don't have the time. And when I was in Mexico, I had the time to write these longer things and do these bigger explorations. And then, you know, starting in Texas, I didn't have the time, but I, I was like, okay, I'm going to start using my Instagram as like little essays. I have 2,200 words to, you know, distill yeah. my ideas into something. And then I was like, shit, I don't have time to do that. So I started doing videos, but I think for any, any writer, this is going to go back to the writer thing. Um, you got to always be cataloging in the moment when you hear something like a piece, like I have a dialogue, you know, file on my phone and, you know, you hear something, you got to write it down because mm. like that's, which is living in the present moment. But, um, so yeah, I started 
really kind of exploring bigger ideas um, on my Instagram, which is at the real Tim Shields um, dot com. So pretty much those two places, Instagram at the real Tim Shields and a curious dot com. Cool. Amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, get the a curious year from Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you'll dig it. You'll probably, mm. yeah. The, there's some things to learn in there, I think as well from all of the people that I've learned from, I'm sort of distilling it, but in sort of a narrative, I always kind of say like, mm. I'm sort of in a sense, you know, doing translating Joe's work into story. Mm. Uh, I mean, partly because that is sort of the what I've been studying so much for really the last 10 years. But um, so <clears throat> if I was studying Joseph Campbell, I mean, I would probably be putting the heroes. I mean, the book is sort of the hero's journey. Everything sort of fits into the hero's journey, doesn't it? Yeah. Do, do you use that at all in your writing at all? Is it a reference point that you will include into even like a Joe Dispenza's book or whatever, something like that? You could probably overlay the hero's journey onto my book. You know, there are like gatekeepers, there are, you know, uh, trials and tribulations. There are people that helped out. Um, and there is the story arc and, you know, and, and it's like what happens at the end of the hero's journey, the hero comes back to society to share what he's learned. So thank you so much for having me on. It was great to finally connect with you. Thanks for listening to the Quantum Feedback Podcast. For more information about how you can dive into your own adventure, how you can curate the hero's journey of your life, how to immerse yourself in the experiential journey of life during COVID, during lockdown, during the 2020 situation that we find ourselves in, then go to quantumfeedback.org to check out the resources, the links, and the academy that can help you to navigate this situation, navigate a course in life that is rewarding, that's fulfilling, that's aligned to your true purpose, and that calls in your higher self to help you to steer, to help you to navigate, and to help you to become the person that you're always meant to be. Go to quantumfeedback.org.